Hey, y'all, and welcome back to The Rhythm Session, brought to you by The Mind Refinery. I'm your host, Coburn Blair. This week, Kyle and I are talking about Vince Staples' subtitled EP, Looney's Soft Thing, Pop Smoke's Faith, and IDK's See For Yourself. We hope you enjoy it. And if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. So, Kyle, tell me about your week since we last touched base. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of been, I don't know, the weather, weather's been kind of crap. Uh, you know, we're getting back, uh, into things, which is really good. People are like going into patios and interacting directly with people. You felt it when you're in Kensington Market. Uh, I was in Kensington Market the other day. It was just really, really fucking great. And I don't know, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm getting the, the only issue is, you know, the rest of the world is, seems to be, uh, it seems to be a hiccup again, but you know, I, I, it's, it's good getting ready to get married in a few weeks. You know, it's just trying to keep it on the level, get everything done. You know how it is. I get it. I hear that. That's that's awesome. That's exciting. You know, there's a lot going on there. The weather is back. Also, what's going on is music. I think music is back in a major way. And I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Tyler had the album that for me kicked off this summer in music. Yeah, Would you I disagree with that. Is that too uh, presumptuous? No, I think it's. I mean, I, I mean, I gave it a ten for anybody who listened to the last uh, um, pod. I, no, I think that's good. I think what you need is you need that big fucking album. You know what I mean to kick off the summer. And uh, probably while everyone is listening to this, uh, the the Kanye West album will have dropped, and you know we're gonna be wondering how. You know, everyone's kind of waiting with bated breath for that. So I, I think you know, a summers are defined by either one your surprise hits or how did the big, you know, how did the big acts come out? Did they come out swinging? What did they drop? And I, I think this year in music has been already really fucking awesome. But just seeing, you know, what the rest of summer, especially you know August, has in store, we're still waiting to hear from Kendrick Lamar. Uh, is probably the big notable one. Apparently, uh, Drake's album is supposed to be coming out soon. It's mixing, uh, or so I'm being told via social media. So, I mean, it's, if, if those, if those artists are dropping great stuff, then this is going to be a pretty awesome summer. And I would say it probably rivals other summers because it's already, uh, if we're going to get what we're going to get or what we're hearing we're going to get. Yeah. I think we're already kind of doing a lot better than we were on the whole last year and i think you know if you listen back to old episodes of this podcast that we speculated the same thing would kind of happen and that music would kind of start to kick into gear around march and i think we're kind of witnessing that now we have a lot of the heavy hitters coming out seems like people are trying to avoid certain dates to you know duck out of the way of the majors so i think we're going to get like you know the a-list artists kind of in this next little uh gap here and then we're going to start to see some of the artists who you know didn't want to get drowned out by them kind of coming in a bit later yeah because tomorrow it's kanye dave and isaiah rashad and like that's a which is like a huge that's a that's a fucking big day that's gonna be a lot of music to consume i'm really happy about it but you know at midnight i'm gonna be viciously refreshing all of my dsps and trying to make sure all the albums are downloaded so i can give them a thorough listen are you excited about kanye are you hesitant about it what are you thinking i mean the last album was objectively terrible so i mean i guess it won a grammy for christian contemporary album 
is that what it won for? Like, uh, yes. Okay. Like, it's just... So, what I want is is an amazing Kanye West album. I'm not looking for this guy to fall on his face. His music is fantastic. He's one of the most important artists in the history of pop music. And I, I, I would really love to listen to an absolutely fantastic Kanye West album. Even even one that is as good as Life of Pablo. But I want more than that. But, like, I'm, I feel like I'm Kanye greedy. Because he's just, you know, given so much. And, uh... I, I, I'm nervous for it. Uh, I, I, I he, there's been some hype. I, you know, he's done his release thing. You know, he, he's, he, he's. I'm just wondering if it's going to live up to the to the hype. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. I'm cheering for it. I want it to be good, uh, but I'm also very guarded in what my expectations are about it. Yeah, I. I- I want to talk more about it, but I think we shouldn't dwell on it for too long because by the time people are hearing this, the album will be out and our hot takes could either look really good in, in retrospect or they could look, you know, really bad. So yeah. let's jump into some stuff that we have listened to and we've been talking about. I know we've been going back and forth on this this block of music for, you know, a couple of weeks now. And I kind of want to start with, I don't know if it's, yeah, I think it's my favorite out of this bunch. Um, and that's... The Vince Staples self-titled LP called Vince Staples, obviously. So this is an, an LP produced by Kenny Beats. Clocks in at just over 22 minutes. What did you think of this? Did you want more from it? Yes, I wanted more of the music. I wanted more of it because yeah. uh, it was good from beginning to end, and I could have done with another five tracks at this quality, absolutely for sure. Uh, this is a really good partnership, for, especially for like uh, from the Kenny Beats perspective, because you know he's got a lot of key partnerships. Uh, he's got some great collabs, namely Vince Staples, and of course Denzel Curry. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, the, the Denzel Curry EP last year. It was absolutely fantastic. One of my favorite albums from last year. Uh, apparently, he's going to be on the next Freddie Gibbs as well. He's collaborated with Freddie Gibbs before, so I, I absolutely wanted more of this. I, I really enjoy this partnership. Yeah, I think this album. You know, honestly, I wasn't really expecting this, and not because I'm like I'm a huge Vince Staples fan and I kind of didn't know where he was at on the music front like I think his last EP uh or the last at least Big Fish um you know it's the last album that I strongly remember um and I remember the kind of reception being kind of lukewarm uh people kind of didn't get it so this is like for me feels like a return to form for Vince Staples Kenny Beats is the perfect partner for this and it's just really really nice production again Kenny Beats showing off his versatility. How do you think this compared to the 2018 Project FM? So I love that album. Uh, this is a lot more laid back, though. I love FM, but from like a production uh, side, stylistically, it's more in terms of in the vein of what you would hear with his collaboration with Denzel Curry. Uh, quirky flourishes, super bass heavy, which is great. I think this might be both artists most laid back album like i think there's singles here but this is undoubtedly meant to be consumed as one thing especially given its overall runtime but again it left you wanting more and fm was such a really great project and i'm glad that you know the this is kind of the follow-up to it. it's not this so not the follow-up to it but it's kind of the has he was that the last album he did with kenny beats that yeah that's the last like full-length project that they did together 
Yeah, so like I, I think it's this is is a really great kind of you know reestablishing of that relationship, and you know I, I, I really, I really enjoyed this. I, I, I think this it, it just is a different mindset, if anything, than FM. And FM is a little bit more kinetic. Yeah, this you know, there's a lot of kind of paranoia on here. This album feels a little bit more muted, little kind of just kind of rapidy rap i really like the sample use on production and it like it seems like a kind of a less out there version of vince staples which you know he's given us a lot of different styles and a lot of different sounds and this kind of reminds me of like the vince staples that i kind of got into not knocking anything else that he's done and tried because i love you know his experimentation i kind of wish people had tuned into it more and because I think he's really out there doing things and, and trying new sounds and creating new things. And also, he's one of my favorite hip-hop lyricists. So I think that if people kind of picked up on what he's doing a little bit more, we would see a bit more appreciation and, and we'd see him kind of bending styles a little bit more. But I think this is kind of a return to some of the older stuff and a little bit more palatable for most people. No, I think that's a really good, that's a good point. And I think he's not afraid to change it up like for example this like again making a more laid-back album making something that's a little bit more in your head rather than in your face if that makes sense yes definitely that's a no it's a really good succinct way of putting it um so where do you think kenny beats on terms of his collaborators where does vince staples register for you okay so i am a big fan of kenny beats this is a tough one I really enjoy his work with Ken, De, uh, Denzel Curry, so it's probably my favorite would be Denzel Curry, then Vince Staples for this album. But it's hard because like the tracks on f- the album Freddie by Freddie Gibbs are really good, and I'm a Freddie Gibbs stan. Um, the only reason it's third is because there wasn't I Want More of It, and he's going to be on the next um, Freddie Gibbs album. Uh, but his album Netflix and Deal with O3 Greedo was oh, so good it's such a good album it's just a really really awesome if any if, if any of you are listening and haven't heard netflix and deal absolutely listen to it it's fucking incredible make sure you're high get a joint going do it also netflix and deal is a fucking hilarious title and it's just really really good so it's really kind of hard because i feel like he works really well with people he knows how to like plug into the the artist very well and kind of providing a palette for what they bring stylistically but also from a personality standpoint like denzel curry uh, you know, he can be a little bit more out there and he's willing to go through that. And Vince Staples is too, but this, he was willing to go the other way and I guess be a little bit more corralled in a good way. But uh, so uh, like those, that that's probably my, my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, ranking uh, here, but like, it's, it's so good. And again, like Netflix and deal, it was kind of hard. I'm like, eh, could this be above Freddie Gibbs? I really like the Freddie Gibbs tracks with Kenny beats. It's, it's it's hard to say, but I would definitely listen to any of this music if you uh, haven't already. Yeah, I would, you know, plus one on that. I I just think Kenny Beats is really, like, somewhat of a chameleon where he can really meld in with an artist and, and create soundscapes that apply to that artist. And, you know, as we witness on this one, the kind of sonic landscape between FM and, and this one are vastly different. And I really appreciate 
you know, what, what kind of comes out of these sessions. And, uh, this is really great and kind of came, you know, relatively out of nowhere for me. I didn't think this was going to be that good. Like, I, it's not that I didn't think it was going to be good. It's that it didn't register in my brain that there was, this was potentially going to be one of the best albums that released this summer. And it's great. Yeah. This is an album that like, you know, isn't quite like party music, but it's music that I'm going to keep coming back to. And, uh, it's going to soundtrack a lot for me. And like, I think out of everything on here, I probably listen to this the most. And I think it's going to continue to stay in very high rotation for me. Absolutely. So do you like do you think this album kind of indicates Vince Staples kind of pushing back from, you know, the mainstream, like trying to score a rap hit or a number one? It doesn't seem like he's going for any of that here. No, I think he traded all that in to make a complete album. Not that you can't make a complete album, but this al- the, this the tracks on this album need the other tracks around it, and the sequencing is important, and how it's kind of assembled and put together, and you know the the way the creative energy is kind of corralled here. I think is like I'm not listening to one of these tracks every once in a while or whatever. I'm putting this album on and just letting it play, which is. You know, I appreciate that. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for, you know, a good hang, a good listen. And I, I, I think that for him, the focus wasn't on how, you know, can I make this banger that's on the radio? It was more, how can I make this whole thing that is a representation of a really, really, really high level artistic collaboration? So where do you place Vince Staples now? Like, I don't know if he's, I think I remember reading that he's getting towards the end of his Def Jam deal. Maybe he re-signed. I can't remember because I know this is coming out on UGM. So I think he might be wrapped up on his Def Jam deal, but might have signed another deal to stay with the the UGM. You know, where does he kind of sit right now and what's next for him in the career trajectory? Or, you know, is he content doing what he does and being amazing on Twitter and being an amazing lyricist? I don't know how to express this. Like, there is a, there is obviously the highest ranking, uh, in terms of sales, pop culture, penetration, and all these things, rappers in the, you know, in hip hop. And then there's this group of rappers like Denzel Curry, like Vince Staples, you know, guys like, uh, Freddie Gibbs, who I think is starting, starting to climb a little bit more, who seem, to be preoccupied with what is the creative output and the whole thing rather than like a kind of making these big mainstream overtures. But like Freddie Gibbs in making uh, these artistic statements, they end up getting a little mainstream. They get up getting some mainstream love like Grammy nominations. And I, I think that there, I don't even know how to classify them because there's a group. I can't even call it alternative hip hop, but it reminds me of, like that kind of mode where there is a more of an emphasis put on where can you take things sonically? Where can you take things from a groove standpoint rather than, you know, I'm looking to get this feature. It's going to be fire. It's going to be all over the radio. Like, how would you like, what am I trying to say? Do you kind of get what I'm trying to say here? I definitely get what you're trying to say. Like, I think that, you know, with the way that mainstream rap has kind of exploded and it being the biggest genre and it being in so many things and, you know, rappers kind of finding their way with that, that there also exists at the same time, you know, another niche. And, you know, I don't know if it's, you want to call it more traditional, but it's just like another way of approaching hip hop that also has, you know, legs and a, and a fan base now. 
Like these are the sort of it's kind of countercultural in in some way. Yes, and I'm and I'm going to add this: these are the artists who are bringing the album back as a very important uh, way of expressing yourself in hip hop. You know what I mean? Like that. Like that's the big the the big thing I'm taking away from it. You know, and the producers who kind of work with them. And I would have added MF Doom. uh, You know, uh, rest in peace to uh, the legendary MF Doom to this group of people who. Uh, you know, they're working with producers like Madlib, Alchemist, you know, where it kind of reminds me of something, you know, in the 2000s that the Roots were doing, that Blackstar was doing, that, uh, what was the other example that was going to get Blackalicious with like Gift of Gab and shit, you know what I mean? Like, where it's off the beaten path, but the focus is on what is the sonic statement that you can make and how can you make one complete fucking album? And like, I really, really kind of enjoy that about this because, you know, like, I'm not saying that, you know, guys like Drake don't make good albums. I'm just saying that they're, I'm trying to say, like, it's not meant to be a negative thing. It's more that the focus for them is, like, they need singles to push things. You know what I mean? And I, I think for these guys, you're not looking for for the single. What you're looking at is what, from beginning to end, what is the narrative and you know, is it good and is it amazing? And, you know, like you put the headphones on and you listen to the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I mean, I I think I I get your example. And I think I would say like, you know, Drake is someone who's trying to make an album, but I think once you get to a certain level, you're, you're trying to do both. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think, I think that his, I think that he has such a knack for the, for pop music and rap and rap's place in it and him as a person who has really pushed rap into pop that he almost can't help it you know what yeah, i mean it's just like a second nature almost. regardless of how much you love his like you love like there's albums by drake that i absolutely love but yeah. you cannot get around the singles no matter what no and, that's, and then no. like you know i think sometimes that because he has to do that and like you like you're saying earlier like it's part of like the beast that he's kind of creating is that yes. sometimes these albums can be you know bogged down or you know inflated with these singles or you know these kind of attempts where when you're trying when you're doing what vince staples is doing here there's no overtures into doing a single or doing something that that might not fit or or might you know balloon that the album and i think that something that like you know some of these bigger artists wish that they could do but they know that you know based on sales numbers and number ones and all these accolades and everything that they that it wouldn't be a safe kind of investment yeah. for them to make an album that didn't Vince you know, Staples, contain everything. Vince Staples and Freddie Gibbs and all those you know and those guys and and Griselda you know um they are less defined by numbers moved they are more defined by artistic impact how many guys like Tyler the creator are saying West Side Gun is important how many people are like I really love what Kenny Beats is doing he's doing really interesting stuff that's how they're out like it's how their music is evaluated in the end from a pop culture standpoint exactly yeah um so where does this album rank for you on our patented minor refinery cog rating system? Uh, this is 8.5, man. I really love this album. It was really, really fucking good. And there's just been a lot of really good albums this year. And, um, this is one I'm going to be listening to, man. 
absolutely like i've been really kind of having it on we've been listening to it in the car it's not so much i can work out to it music it's more like the opposite i want to like lay laid back smoke a joint to it music so it was an 8.5 man i really enjoyed this yeah i have this at a nine i think like you know for a lot of the same reasons that you said this album to me is excellent um it's really really great catalog music and it's it's not for the playlist, and that's something I appreciate about it. Yes, 100%. So we talked about MF Doom just br- briefly there. I want to highlight up-and-coming, or maybe he's come up already, PG County rapper IDK. I think, you know, he's pushed through or pushing through to the mainstream with this album. So this is an album called You See For Yourself. Were you familiar with his work before this album? Have you been following him? What's What are your thoughts? Yeah, his fir- I think it was his first full length. Um, what the fuck? Uh, is He Real, I think is the name of the album. Uh, was really fucking good. It, it, it's like kind of a different, like a little bit of a different headspace. Cause it's a little bit more kind of stripped down because, the, you know, it's very much this awesome effort that Fermi places him in the spotlight on it and his flow and his bars. And it was produced with Germ, I believe. And by the way, I can find very little information on Germ. I want to know more because I thought like the overall production was really good. And I was a big fan of that sonically. Like w- was Khalifa's Germ? Yes, I believe. Yes, yes. that's yeah. So. You know, uh, I really was looking forward to this album because the first one I really enjoy. Like, I still listen to it. It kind of, I don't know if it went under the radar or maybe it just went under my radar at the time because I kind of like picked it up a few months after it was dropped. But like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think, you know, he's someone that I've kind of followed around on the kind of, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's the mixtape circuit or whatever you want to call it, SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, I remember when he was JIDK and I kind of just, he was a name that I would see around and I'd hear on verses and features and stuff like that. You know, look back two years ago, he was doing collaborations with Toronto's Dylan Ponders. And now we're seeing him here with the likes of Neptune's, MF Doom, Young Thug, J Electronica, T-Pain. Like to me, this album's liner notes, it reads like the dreamings of a millennial rapper with a budget. What do you think of the feature list here? How do you think they were utilized? It's intriguing and definitely the kind of list you're looking to like level up. It's very eclectic. Like the track Red, you know, has your rapper's favorite rappers on it. Like MF Doom, J Electronica, another one of the influential dudes that we just talked about as well. West Side Gun, uh, who uh, we just said Tyler, the creator, was repping like crazy. Said he got him back really into rapping. So like, I think it was really good because is there, is this, the, is there a Slick Rick? is on there this is. i think there yeah is. hey auntie by slick rick that's the name of the track you know we got sway lee rico nasty uh fucking t-pain like this is it's really good because it's a very interesting group of features of artists that i'm kind of really into like this on hey auntie like the slick rick versus awesome it's really fucking cool yeah i think to me it's just like it's a really good melding of different sounds and styles and you know we're seeing sir on here we have slick rick you know rico nasty like like you said it's just like you're bringing together such a big kind of realm of taste but i think it's tastes that you know fit a lot of people you know in our age brackets because they like you know are into the new stuff but also you know have respect for the old stuff and i think that is what made this like stand out for me uh, it's a really good way of, you know, using the album budget to make a, a big budget album, but also it feels really well thought out and 
really artistic at the same time. Yeah, like, these are the kind of features I kind of get off on, not, like, is Quavo on it. Like, I know, like, I'm not trying to be a dick about that, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, these are the ones where I'm like, oh, what is this going to be? Like, what's this going to be like? Like, how are these artists going to come together and make something? And, yeah, I really, really enjoyed the the selection. I'm all for Slick Rick Bean on shit. Yeah, same. I think, like, you know, they're also, like, they're both born in, in England and they're, yes. you know, American-based rappers, which I think is a really cool thing. So I, I, I like the idea of reaching out to people who, you know, aren't, you know, normally thought of for features, kind of like we saw uh, their interpolation or, you know, on the Gucci Mane album we reviewed a couple weeks ago. Just getting these people who are still, you know, available, still around, are legends and can contribute to hip-hop albums and, you know, whether it's putting a check in their pocket or getting people to kind of you know, go back to some of their old stuff because they saw them on a feature. I think that's a great way of paying it forward and also paying your dues. Absolutely. So would you call this album, you know, either a, somewhere between a testament to his work ethic and his build, or is this what, you know, bringing somebody who has done the groundwork into a major label and, you know, is this that kind of album that we can expect from, you know, artists of this caliber if they had a budget? Yes, this feels like a logical progression. If you were, and a combination of both. I think it's, it's both because I think you would have to put the work in to be noticed and have the ability, like a budget to work. I mean, it's like film. They're not going to give you, you have to put a certain amount of work in to get the budget. So like his last album was released in 2019 and it was great. But in a matter of two years, he's put out another expressive album with a combination of people who are like in the hip hop lexicon today from an influence standpoint as we mentioned uh you know fucking west side gun rapmf doom jaylon electronica last year great album and uh he put together this rap nerd group of features that are just really kind of great on this and um i love that he used this money and this increased platform for good and not evil from a sonic standpoint like it's really 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 enjoy i really enjoyed it so you know, I've noticed, I saw on actually CB24 that announced that he inked a deal with Harvard. And then I saw on social media, he inked a deal with Nike recently. But I wouldn't call him a mainstream, like, rapper darling yet. You know, is this the cusp of change? Like, I don't, to me, I don't think he's someone that I've really heard people talk about too much unless they're in the know within music. But I'm seeing a lot of big things happen. And I'm seeing, you know, a real really well put together album is there something kind of missing is there a disconnect you know is he gonna get there is this just kind of what it's the starting looks like or maybe am i like a little bit too old to get it no i think okay i made this mistake when we were reviewing jpeg mafia's last um was it it was an ep i can't remember weed just ruins my brain uh don't smoke weed guys if you want to keep your memory with that said just smoke weed so I, like, I think that, you know, there is a freedom that comes from not be full, being fully in the mainstream. I'm not sure. I mean, if he's signed to a label and is it, is he signed to Warner? Is that what he's signed to? What's he signed to? He's signed to Warner. Yes. Warner. Yeah. He signed to Warner. So I don't know if you'd want anymore and you're signing endorsement deals and you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Look at the, look at his features list. You're making like I like I don't know like I I guess 
I like I I don't think he's into the you know mainstream you know eyes and ears yet but like is it going to change I don't know but like uh, for me it's like does he really want to does he want like you get money and freedom like that's like that's the thing like there is pressure on an artist like Drake and an artist like Kendrick Lamar and like they're like and they and I'm not trying to say those artists don't take risks they do but also they take huge risks but there is still a pressure and you know if they don't deliver on that then all of a sudden you know it's like talking shit and all this kind of stuff and on reddit you're, you're seeing all this stuff about them but like I, I really think that if you're signed to a major label you're making this album you're you have a Nike and Harvard contracts who cares like like there's people there's hip-hop heads who enjoy this shit you know what i mean and i think that rap when i hear this album the vince staples the tyler the creator like rap is in a really good place and it's because of artists like this and uh, uh you know what i mean like I'm, I'm very conflicted i know that doesn't answer the question at all i guess the an- overall answer is i don't know but i'm like when i see what he's doing i'm like i want that's what i would want i want you know what i mean yeah, I like I guess the way I kind of look at this album and the way I look at him is that this is going to be an artist that's going to blow up in the next 2 2 years or so, maybe even one, and people are going to kind of be like, "Oh, I didn't like notice yeah. this was happening the whole time." And I think that's how I almost feel even though I don't think this is quite the blow up yet. Maybe it is. No, I think you're right. I think this this it, it doesn't quite have the it doesn't it's quite like a yeah. precursor to it. And I it's, think that yeah. there's a really good body of work here and he has a good body of work to go to in the past. So I think that this is like brands and a team of, you know, his own team um, and his own in- ingenuity. But this is people seeing, you know, what he has to offer, what he's coming with behind the scenes and they're, they're buying in early. And I think that, you know, everything's going to come with it. And I think that maybe even with, you know, his last album was 2019, obviously pandemic 2020, back to touring again this year. I think maybe with, you know, one tour, two tours in that time period, he might have already been a household name. And, you know, we're kind of looking at an act that was robbed because of the pandemic. And so we're seeing the fruits of the labor, you know, that was previously put into it. But we haven't, we're not seeing the fandom and, and the, and the fan reaction because he didn't get to do, you know, the Coachella or whatever that, you know, big groundbreaking moment is. Yeah. As of yet. Mm-hmm. So is this album going to be on your year end list, you think? Yeah. I think it's going to be one of the one that's fighting to get into it, but I think that's just because of the depth of how good it is. This is definitely an album I'm going to keep listening to. And, uh, yes, I, I think it's definitely could make my year, year end list. It, it's, it's, this is, this is going to be a tough year on the hip hop front, but it's, it's really, really fucking good. Yeah, agreed. Where, where do you put this on a COG rating scale? I have this as an 8. I enjoyed it. There were a couple spots that you here and there that were meant, but like, there's some great stuff on this album, and it was a great listen, great hang. Yeah, I have this... I, I want to have it at like a 7.9. I think it's a really, really strong work. I know it's not technically the debut, but I think to me it feels like more of a major label debut than the last project. You know, it seems like they put a, a good amount of money into features and budget, and it seems like the album that he wanted to craft... Yeah, I I just want the fanfare to come with this, and I think this is a really strong, strong project, and I hope that we'll kind of get, you know, even better on this. Like, to me, I think, like, I look at it like, 
Amine and he belongs in that class with, with someone like Amine. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good, a good way of, you know, a good bucket to put him in. in terms these of guys are like, you know, on the cusp and of, you know, blowing up and being that next, you know, top tier generation. But I think, and they're making music that's, you know, geared to pretty much everybody, you know, like in the way that a Drake was or, or, you know, a J. Cole or, or Kendrick, where, you know, it can do the radio, it can do, um, you know, just private listening kind of stuff. So I think that's, he's in really good company and I'm, I'm kind of going to be looking forward a little bit with sharper eyes to what he does next. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I want to move on now to an album a posthumous album called Faith by Pop Smoke. Off the bat, what are your thoughts on this album? And what do you think about posthumous albums in general? There's some moments on this album. I almost felt uncomfortable listening to it, like we were listening to something we weren't supposed to hear. Like there's some tracks on this that are really good, um, like 30. And and like there's a sequence where it's like 30, beat the speaker, uh, coop, and what's cracking. And it really kind of... It's it's for me the strongest point on the album where it's like it's it is the New York drill thing like you're it, you're there you're in it it's the best stretch on the album the Pusha T contributions are really great I think they work they kind of work together but something it almost doesn't feel like this I mean there's stretches of this where it feels like street level New York but you know I, like there's also I mean in general I'm I'm back and forth with it like uh, friend of the show DJSB was talking about this on Twitter saying that, you know, the album is too personal, like a mode of expression to just kind of have someone finish. And like, I always worry about has it diluted what that person does. But like, I was happy to hear that stretch of four tracks because it made me feel like the moments on meet the woo, which I fucking love that album. Like I, I like, I fucking love it. It's so good. It's so like raw and it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, so I'm, I'm like I'm back and forth of uh, forth on posthumous albums. I I don't know. I'm not usually for them. I feel like there's something intrusive, especially since this is like this is the second posthumous album, isn't? It? Like I know the 2020. It sounded like a lot of that was rec- obviously recorded before. Obviously, all of it was recorded before it's passed away. But like um, you know, he he died in 2020. So like there was stuff to put out there. But then it's like, uh, are they pulling? stuff that he wouldn't have wanted released you know what i mean yeah i'll be honest i i got to like track three on here and push a t started rapping about tyler the creator's album that came in a week before and i like had to turn it off yeah that was kind of like where like i was that that was my big thing that's kind of like that yeah i just think i thought that was awful you know i think somewhat felt insensitive i just made that whole album seem rushed too because you know it just doesn't seem like a lot of care was put into this. Uh, we got a deluxe version, apparently, you know, the week after. It just, yeah. It, it seems like you're just putting out music to, you know, fulfill contractual obligations. Like, you know, don't get me wrong. I would love for, you know, the family to receive pr- proceeds of the album. I think, you know, that's, you know, a good thing. I don't know that we needed to posthumous albums back to back yeah i wonder about you know reinterpreting this mu- reinterpolating the music in other ways than you know a, how many songs was on this album 20 24 with the with the deluxe edition yeah that, that, that's uh, you know, kind of like like the kid cuddy feature on it i'm just like what the fuck is this yeah like i i have to wonder you know dua lipa i think was one that stood out to me the most uh i 
kind of breeze through that track. I just like I'm wondering if these are people that that he would have picked for collaborations if he was still around. Yeah, because like so like I'm trying to think like the like I generally enjoy Pusha T. Like it's not that any of these contributions aren't it's just like they don't fit. And I feel like we're intruding on something that we should probably have never heard. And that's okay. Like, I feel like just like with what has been done with like, you know, even like some of the biggest ones like uh, Tupac and Biggie and just like what the posthumous albums like, like, I'm like, this isn't this was never supposed to be released. You know what I mean? Yeah, we were never supposed to hear this. I grew up on a lot of posthumous Tupac. I really like the album that Eminem produced, but I also feel like Tupac feels different to me because he was such a prolific songwriter and he was kind of doing poetry and, and he, he never really fit a traditional rap cadence. And that's, you know, what I don't love about Tupac as a, as a rapper, quote unquote. Yeah. But be, because of that, it's really easy to build beats around him and, and to do, you know, with his recording. And also he had a, a much longer, time of recording and, and, you know, a much bigger Rolodex of songs. And, you know, they were putting out posthumous Tupac albums, like well into the, the mid two thousands with this, uh, I just, it leaves a kind of a bad taste in my mouth. And, and, you know, I was, I'm not going to say I was hugest pop smoke fan. I was into him super early. I got into it. I liked what was going on. I could see the trajectory. I don't think he quite got there yet. And that's not, you know, to knock his quality and what he was doing. He made really, really good music. He made, I think to me, like he is a face of NY drill, he, but the song, you know, 30 with busy banks, that was a busy bank song from 2019, I believe, or maybe even earlier, um, a completed song. So I, like, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't get this album per se, um, outside of a, you know, doing it for a label purpose, which, you know, if you got to do it, I guess you have to do it, but like, I'm like, for me, you know, when, you know, he, he grew up in a hard situation and, you know, he, when you, when you break out, you want to make your people's lives better. And like, yeah. from a standpoint of that, like, I'm cool. Like, I'm cool with that. It's just like, did this album, if you're listening to his other stuff, like when I talk about how, you know, drill is kind of, and I, I, I'm not the greatest fan of the Chicago variety, but I find, um, his work on Meet the Woo, there's just something to it that has an, another, like, um, that has a, just another element added to it, which, which just kind of speaks to me. There was something really fucking awesome about it. And I just don't, and, but there was a rawness that is almost like, punk rock about it that this is completely lacking like this is almost like anemic and like stripped away and sterilized and uh, you know like it just isn't it isn't what i you know that that music should be felt in your bones not you know just some it's just too much it's it, there's like that bo- both the posthumous albums have like fucking like a million features on them yeah, like I, I, I think for me, I was able to excuse him on the first one because you know he was in album mode, he was you yeah, know on yeah. the cusp of, of everything, he was about to kind of get there, and Fifty Cent was you know, you know, mentoring him, and everyone was kind of like, hey, you know, he just passed away, he's really important to us, let's you know chip in and help out. Whereas yes. this, you know, feels like Pusha a money T kind of uses to advertise his upcoming album, 
on his opening bars just felt really like off-putting to me yeah that just made me think about it now in another way and i'm out now i'm like now i feel less good about the push t stuff yeah so i don't know i uh this album for me it's a hard listen i don't think i'm gonna be returning to it yeah i'll sit with his mixtapes again because i enjoy them and i'm glad that he was able to see those finished in the way that he wanted to on another like do you think that ny drill scene is going to die with pop smoke I just don't know who's going to carry the banner. And I think, you know, anytime a scene breaks out or, you know, an area or whatever, a new genre, I think you need like a star that people can, you know, gravitate towards as an entry point. Obviously, yeah, you need Chief a standard there for Chicago. Yeah. Exactly. So I think, the, you know, Chief Keef was that for Chicago. You know, we've seen kind of the new emergence of grime with Stormzy being a kind of regional star there, even, you know, to cross over. I think you could kind of point to Hetty One possibly yeah. being that star for the UK drill. And I think Pop Smoke was that guy for New York. You know, no disrespect to Fivo and any of these other guys who are doing it, but I think the scene is kind of going to be a little bit less prevalent and a little bit more self-contained with the passing of Pop Smoke. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. So, yeah, I think this album, I think we're kind of on the same page about it. You know, I guess it at this point it is what it is and you know r.i.p to pop smoke and i hope that we don't see too many more albums like this. Uh, yeah and that is absolutely no like dismissal of him and his importance and his work i think it's more uh is it done in poor t- is it done in poor taste um especially given for the fact that his music is so good and there was so much potential there and it was such a loss um because also he was a person who's really kind of moving uh in terms of the positivity like it's you know there is a nihilist a nihilism in the uh you know uh, in the lyrics that are found just even from a genre standpoint but i think in his you know when you do see interviews with him and stuff that he's talking to people he's like you don't want to be doing this gang shit you got to be on the good shit like you got to be like the idea is to get completely out of this and because and you know it's a tragedy what happened to him and um i think for the preservation of his talent and and how good he was uh you know i'd like to see it be left alone yeah i think i'd agree on another note, I want to, you know, bring it back home for a little bit before we kind of close this out. And I want to talk about Scarborough's very own Looney and her EP Softing. What did you think about this project? It's a solid album with some really wonderful moment on it. And I think as it goes, you know, it picks up steam and its best moments are towards the end. I think one of the best things about it is it's less definable from a traditional sense of music criticism, but it sculpts a very sensual mood. Like, great R&B crawls in and out of you. It has moments where it shifts um, from that, but it kind of makes sense and feels very intentional. And you're always locked into it, which is what I really, really kind of enjoy about it. You're still on her time throughout the entire album, and the album is sequenced very well. So just that, which requires an artist... Like, that that requires an artistic vision working... With a producer and engineer who are all dialed into the same idea and maintaining it. And it really stays the course and goes through different sonic movements, but it's really, really, really fucking great stuff and very encouraging to hear this again coming out of the city because there is, we always talk about a hip hop thing coming out of the city, but there is a big R&B thing coming out of the city as well. Yeah, I think that's, you know, really important to highlight again is that this, this sound you know, is part of the city and part of the scene. I think there's a new kind of so- sonic palette and 
some really great artists kind of coming together and making really good stuff. And I wish it it was, you know, a way to highlight it better. And I know that like Looney is a big fan of Tamir's and they kind of, you know, kind of go back to that Scarborough thing together. And I think there's a lot of these kind of connections in the city. I don't know if it's being highlighted or showcased properly. And maybe I'm too in it to kind of see that, but I would love, you know, maybe for like a profile or, you know, a piece just on these new artists, this new class of Toronto that's kind of stepping up and stepping into the limelight um, because I'm seeing a lot of really great things happen now. I think this project to me, you know, was really good, really stand out, you know, really kind of somber, chill music. It's cool to have Akil, I believe, who's on this again, who's, you know, a close worker with her, Akil Henry, who, you know, is a protege of, of 40, um, you know, Noah Shabib. So I think there's like, you know, some sonic connections happening in the city. Always, you know, we have other connections running other ways in, you know, the R&B genre and hip hop and in some other genres. So I think that, you know, we're seeing kind of Toronto pull itself up and, and work together. And I wish there was a little bit more outlets, you know, um, for this, like, uh, you know, what mu- much music was, you know, it's kind of starting up again. So I hope that, you know, these artists can kind of be highlighted for, you know, the sounds that they're making. Absolutely. Is there anyone that you would kind of compare her to outside of Toronto, you know, uh, maybe a lane or an artist that you like that, you know, you could see her on same similar trajectory? I really kind of not group her, but like, I feel like she's part of this really good group. Savannah Ray and I think Terrell Morris are probably the best comparisons within the city in terms of what they're doing sonically. In addition to a strong hip-hop front, again, as I said, R&B in the city is strong, and I think that needs to be noted and promoted. I think also, like, there is like, I mean, in terms of, like, describing what the music would be, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's R&B you listen to in the evening. Sonically, it's jazz-inspired, velvety, it's weird because there are moments where you can draw direct lines from her work to an artist, uh, to an artist like, uh, Sade. But then also you hear someone like Beth Gibbons from Portishead in moments here as well. And it's got this really kind of awesome interplay with that and that stylistically. And I, I, I think in terms of like who it sounds like outside of it, it's, I think, I don't think there's a ton of comparisons, but I think that locally that you are getting a bit of a sound that kind of works in, in, in the sonic palette of those two artists that I was saying, because, you know, it, it's, it's very hazy, beautiful, but dipping back to moments that are rooted in the Jerry Wexler, Atlantic Records moments of R&B, but then again, you're getting artists like Sade and Beth Gibbons, you know, and Beth Gibbons from fucking Portishead from a sonic standpoint. So, like, I, I just think that it's really interesting music, and it's just fucking good. At the end of the day, it's amazing. So, where do you put this on our patented minor refinery cog rating system? Every fucking track is good. It's a fucking nine. Like, y- you know, like, the, there's... I really... If, Again, when you're hearing this, you feel very joyful that there is this, it's bittersweet because there is this talent, but then you're like, how do you move it? You know what I mean? How do you, how do you get it? How do you get it moving into, into people's into ears? Because if people listen to this, they're going to fucking love it straight up. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm going to give this a nine as well. I think there's a lot of good music here and 
you know, I believe she's heading on tour soon. She's going to do some bigger shows. I'm really, really impressed with what I'm hearing. And I think the world is going to be impressed too. You know, we're already seeing her grow. So I'm really excited to see what's next. Uh, I think the use of features on this was really cool. I really like Pell, really like the Mick Jenkins features. The Mick Jenkins feature is awesome. It's just they, they, that worked out so well together. That was, yeah, it was really cool. And, I, and, you know, we're going to see some more of that. I think, you know, we just saw Toby doing some stuff with Mick Jenkins. I know he, I think, I believe his manager's from Montreal. So there's mm. some connection there. I'm really excited to see, you know, what's kind of coming in the next little bit. Um, but yes, this album's fantastic. If you haven't listened to it, I suggest you listen to it. Yes. Listen to, you know, the other albums we talked about on here. Definitely Vince Staples album. Definitely IDK. But we will be back with you shortly to talk about Kanye West. Kyle, are you ready to talk about Kanye West again? I'm always ready to talk about Kanye West, for better or for worse. On that note, we will be back very shortly with you. Thank you for listening. Kyle, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. See you, guys.